Hello there, and thanks for tuning into the podcast once again. Hopefully, you and yours are doing well, and uh, we are fast forwarding into summer. Um, that's for sure. Um, podcasts have been kind of sporadic. Um, if you've read any of the content, uh, just the descriptions within the last couple of posts, um, me and my family traveled down to the Alabama coast to visit family down there. We were gone quite a long time. And I had some recordings that I actually did before we left. And now I've done some since we've returned. And they're all out of order and kind of a mess. So I apologize for that. I don't think it makes quite as much difference once it actually lands on the podcast itself, on the page. Um, But some things that I reference, of course, are, are somewhat specific to events and that sort of thing. Um, I'm out in the barn today. This might be very interesting. There's a lot going on out here. Um, Being full-on spring, there are some hornets flying around, and I'm looking at a bird's nest full of baby robins. And on the other side of the wall, in the larger part of the barn, there are two um, young doves flying around. And we also have dump trucks driving our small country road delivering dirt um, to the overlook. So I hadn't thought of that until just now as I hear one coming up the road (laughs) Uh, as far as the trucks go. So we'll see what we can do to work around that. They are exponentially loud when they come down. As a matter of fact, I think I'm going to close this door so that you don't have to put up with that noise of a loud truck going by quite so loudly. All right, so all of those things out of the way. And uh, of course, I should have done that beforehand, but there you go. Okay, so today, um, I'm not working today. I'm just here at the house. Okay, so um, is that not entirely annoying. (laughs) Now, come on. I live out here in the country on a 10-acre property on a dead-end road, and it is a Wednesday afternoon, and it's too loud in the barn to do a recording. (laughs) Um, Okay, so I'm just going to go with it and see if we can make it work. And hopefully you won't be too distracted. Today will be a good day to do an attention span check for yourself. And so what my train of thought is today, it's been ongoing, oh my goodness, for a long time. It's, it's a constant theme, of course. It's not, it's not anything new or, and it's not anything that is like just presently something I'm seeing But it's basically loosely about just the impatience of man. We are an impatient people. We don't want to wait for anything. And this is not some mega church, you know, we got to be careful of fast food Christianity message. I'm not talking like that. Okay, so so let's be quick to not categorize it in such a manner. And so with that in mind, as another truck rumbles by, 
I was just thinking today, I've been thinking on this for some time, like I said. I mean, the last couple years primarily in different opportunities that come, um, challenges, ideas, uh, business ventures, you know, and this is, it covers every aspect of our life, decision making, and how we arrive at a decision, and in some facet of that, that really is basically untouched throughout my generation of Christianity, is how do we arrive at the answer, if you will, the response to a matter, to an opportunity, with other people, okay? Like, we, everyone has to admit, it is obviously, blatantly obvious that even within the church, there is no difference of how decisions are arrived at, right? Like, there's really no distinction between a godly Christian household's arrival on a decision versus the pattern of the world. Well, it affects me and my house. This is what we want, or this is what even a Christian household would say, we believe that God is leading us to do X or Y, or we believe he's saying no on a matter. And of course, it's a household decision. It is an, it is a, it's limited to a household matter. Well, yes, it affects me and my house. Who, who am I going to ask? Maybe I'll call my parents. Maybe I'll ask a coworker. Maybe me and a good friend will we'll talk about it over coffee. But I mean, even the Christian, the Christian's arrival at a decision is primarily made today in our culture individually. The household. At, I mean, at best, the household, but usually not even that. An individual, the mom or the dad, you know, would just make the decision. Right? I mean, that's, that's just, that's the Western way. Surely the American way. So with that in mind, and I don't, I'm not going to go there entirely, and I'm thinking like maybe I kind of want to, but that's not my intent today. But as I say often, this begs some discussion. Why do we do that? Where in the world is the corporate body of Christ making a unified decision according to the Spirit in patience and unity and kindness and preference of one another over oneself, brotherly love, loving one another as we love ourselves, literally desiring the best for another over our own? Okay, all these things. Where is that? That's, we could stop there, and that could take us, take us the rest of the day to ask those questions. But my thought this morning, this afternoon, if, and really came on in full measure about an hour ago, and this is no real prepared thing, is I was, okay, so we live... As anyone who ever listens to this, and if you listened five minutes ago, you know we live on a property out in the country. Cell service is very poor here. And so we have to stand basically in certain places of the yard to get to receive a call. And that, even that, I mean, it's most calls we just don't get. Um, 
and texting, sometimes it's really good and sometimes it takes an hour for a message to be told that you have received, but yet you haven't really. It's just told you that it's kind of out there in space somewhere, but you know what? It's not coming to your phone for a while, so you might as well either just kind of anticipate what it might be, hope it's not important, or drive up to the overlook a half a mile down the road to where you get a signal. And so, as we have been thinking about the troublesome aspects of that, we have been talking about getting new phones. We are very frugal. You could call me cheap. I don't like buying things that I already have that work or perform a function already. And so, I mean, we moved here three years ago, and until three years ago, I had a flip phone. And I was completely fine, and I was almost just ridiculous about, I'm not getting a smartphone. So, that alone was a big deal. And so, we've had these phones for three years, and they're outdated. We need phones that work. We need to communicate better than we presently can now. So, in a nutshell, we decided we're going to buy phones that although they're three years old, will be newer to us and will be capable for us to make and receive phone calls through our internet at our house, which, yes, we actually have Wi-Fi at our house. Okay, so all of that and, and a couple weeks, several weeks of my wife saying, Joel, can, you, can we just get phones? <coughs> can we get phones? We need phones. Okay, let's order some phones. So we found these incredibly affordable phones that, again, are considered outdated if you're cool and hip and trendy, but they will do what we need. So we ordered the phones. Okay. So I go in maybe two hours after I order these phones, which we're, we're told we're, we'll get uh, two-day shipping. That's pretty good. And so I go and I check the tracking on the phones. And in my impatience, ridiculous, unreasonable impatience, well, they're not submitted yet. <laughs> well, they've been assigned a tracking number, but like, I, and, and this, and I'm not being unreasonable in the sense of I thought they'd already be like on a truck on their way here, but something in me was hoping that they were like somehow identifiably in process to get to my house more so than they were when I looked at them from an unreasonable standpoint of two hours after ordering them. And I laughed to myself, and I planted that in this, this soil of my heart of where I have been the last week or so, and again, months and years, but it's been heightened again recently, of just how we as people are an impatient people. We are, we, even as believers, even as, even as followers of Jesus and, and men and women who are, who are really striving to submit our will with daily opportunity, endless opportunity, to be a people who really do walk in the rest of the Lord and the peace and be anxious for nothing. And prayer and, and submit prayers and petitions and wait upon the Lord. And like really try to live that 
out as a as major attributes of our life. We really try to do that. I try to do that. And I do that. And then something like this happens and it just makes me kind of laugh because I see areas of my life that I'm not doing that in. And I am, even if it's just incrementally, incrementally small, is still there, still present, of being anxious on matters, of not really giving myself to entrusting that thing, that decision, that issue to the Lord. And so I wrote out a few things, and hopefully this won't be very, very lengthy. And if it does turn that way, I'll break it up, I guess, into parts. But I was, I was thinking about patience, and the necessity of patience in analyzing my life, and I'm going to ask you all to do the same thing, to put patience, and let's even make it specific, like, do I have patience in? So the questions in these four categories. Do I have patience in regards to my household? My marriage, my fathering, the way I carry myself as a godly man maturing. In my household, am I demonstrating patience? In our, in our and in your fellowship, in regards to decision-making, however you arrive at them, should you even be in a context where you make decisions together as a unified body under the name and banner of Jesus the Christ, the head is it impatience? Is it submitted again and again before the Lord until a unified clarity of believers is established and thereby move forward into an action based upon the assurance that the voice of the Lord has come to a unified people? My wants, my desires, that's number three. Am I patient in that? Things that I want, and I'm not talking about lustful passions, natural fleshly things. I'm talking about just the things of life. Whether I want a new tractor, or whether I want to build an addition on my house. Am I submitting those things, those wants, those desires, even if pure in motive and intention, am I submitting them in patience unto the Lord, believing that I don't have to know right this second if I can, should, am allowed to do something just because it's an opportunity. And lastly, am I walking out in patience, free from anxiety, free from this, ah, uh, in regards to change in my life? Maturity as a man? Spiritual maturity as I grow in the things of God. Change in regards to sin patterns. Old patterns of thought that, that come up against the mind of Christ in me, yet still today. Am I impatient seeing myself rightly and not allowing myself to be discouraged to a point of becoming stale or or discouraged to the point of just stopping because I should be better than this, I should be changed by now more than this? 
Am I seeing that in patience? Again, free from the, from the chains of anxiety on a matter. And so I just threw together a few verses. We've known these. Your children probably know these. The fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and back to number four was what? Patience. Okay? It is an outflow. It is a fruit on the tree, if you will, that you can reach up and grab that in maturation has come to a place of being consumed and of its purpose off of the tree of the Spirit. It came out of the Spirit. The Spirit bore it. It is the offspring fruit of the Spirit. Colossians 3.12, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, are we? Let's, we could go back there. Are we those? Let's say we have established, yes in, fa- yes, in fact, we are. Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Clothe yourself. Wrap yourself in it. You got out of bed this morning after your shower or whatever your routine, you clothed yourself to be found appropriately clothed to go about your day. You were prepared physically to be presentable in the situations of your day. Likewise, we as believers, if in fact we are the elect of God, holy and beloved, are to clothe ourselves with one, just one thing we're talking about right now, with patience. Satisfaction within a moment. The patience of being satisfied. It's not just a waiting. It is a satisfaction in being seated in the hand of God, in His timing, in His ways, in His purposes, within the waiting. Ephesians 4.2, with all humility, with all gentleness, with patience, accepting one another in love, we are to diligently keep the unity of the Spirit with the peace that binds us in patience, in gentleness, in humility, in love. So patience fits the fellowship part. It is an absolute necessity. It is a component that we must possess if we say we are and will believe alongside and unite ourselves with other believers under the name of Jesus. We must be a peace. We must be a people of patience. Paul said to the Thessalonian church, we urge you, brothers, to admonish the unruly, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, and be patient with everyone. Patient with everyone. Okay, this week, I'm not going to go there quite yet. Patient, slow, calm, not anxious, not stirred. When I look at a brother, when I look at a stranger, when I look at my son, when I look at myself, calm down, Joel. It's okay. Are you, am I, rooted and established in the order and hand of God? Is He in control of all of these things, or am I? Well, the question is, 
I can be if I choose to be. In impatience, in anxiety, I can place myself in that seat and ruin the whole thing. James said, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Slowness. Not slowness in seeking the Lord. Not slowness as an opponent of zeal. Slowness of, you know what? We need to be a people who are not guided by the patterns of the world, which is so stirred emotionally that if you bother me, or if something's wrong with a situation, or something's not the way I wish, the pattern of the world says, well, you better get all stirred up. Make a scene. Right? Be bothered. Be stirred. Be annoyed. When we were down in Alabama, there's an awesome coffee shop down there. It's called the Coffee Loft, Fairhope, Alabama. If you're within two hours, you need to venture off of your trip and go straight there. They have awesome coffee. You can hardly find a parking place every time you go. And if you don't park strategically, you kind of block one of the entrances because it's just poorly laid out. One of our trips there during our visit to Alabama, we were, there were multiple trips to the coffee shop. I parked at a place where I was very clear to make leave enough room on that side so somebody could, in fact, come in beside me and go around and find a parking place. Because I know we've been there enough that I know it's tricky and you've got to leave you've got to leave some room on both sides. So I did do that, although it was notably tight. But I mean, I left enough room for for the average person to get in. Well, I'm in line. I place the order for my drink. And this older lady comes in, she's behind me in line, and the girl taking the order says, you know, good morning, um, how are you doing today? Well, I'm just awful, I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> not by much though, I'm not, I don't need to embellish it, it stands on its own. And I'm trying to think of the words she said, because it was so like unbelievable, I'm like, oh my gosh. Um, but if I don't remember it, it kind of loses the whole point. But she, in, in a nutshell, she was upset that someone had the audacity to park where it was, in fact, me. <laughs> and she, she, said, she said it was disgusting. It's disgusting that people today would be so inconsiderate as to park in such a manner as that car did. <laughs> and, of course, I knew because she talked about where she came in that it was, in fact, me in my car. And so, I mean, I felt kind of bad, but then I was like, oh my gosh, um, should I tell her? You know, I, I, I was literally, it was on the edge of my tongue. I was about to turn around and say, I'm sorry, you know, that was me. But I felt like if I did that, it would have been maybe ill intention, almost like to make her feel bad that, you know, she's right in front of the guy who actually parked there. I wouldn't have been like a heartfelt apology, I don't believe. So I just decided to be still. But I say that to say she was just so annoyed. She was literally, y'all, she was mad at the disgusting act of where I parked my car. Okay, now I'm not being hard on her. I'm saying like that same thing can be in any one of us, myself included, right? I've talked about that in the way of Cain stuff with the jealousy and with that, um, 
the very, very brief and topical study of looking into when you curse someone with your mouth and, and you say something about them, in, in, in essence, you're saying you wish they didn't exist and we examine the murder in the heart of man that Jesus was trying to come and expose saying it's not about the act, it's about the heart. And so that's what I'm getting at in right in this second, is like our heart condition is in a place where like we're so anxious and so easily incited to be bothered in many instances. And I know a lot of people who aren't this way to great measure, but yet they are still this way some. Some people don't wrestle with that the same as others, but I do see impatience specifically as a common thread throughout every individual that I know. I'm thinking of one guy right now. He's a pretty patient guy. He's very laid back. He's easy going. He puts up with more stuff in a day than I would put up with in a year. Yes, there are exceptions, but when it comes to the overreaching broad stroke, if you will, of mankind in regards to patiently waiting upon a matter, it's a pretty rare thing, I would say. And so, I'm just thinking of, I'm going to give some, I'm going to try to give maybe one example to each one of these. Our household, okay, number one, patience in regard to our household. I don't even know where to start, and so I'm just going to pick and rip, reach into a hat and pick out one thing. Today in our house, we had some very spiritually charged time of talking and praying and crying and really examining ourselves and and my household and like putting ourselves before the Lord yet again and saying, in summary, trying to apply this truth in patience that, you know what? We are simply not who we should be right now. I've been married 19 years. I'm fixing to turn 46 years old. I'm not who I was when I was 30. I'm not who I was when I was 35. I don't have the same frame of mind as when I was 15. Okay, I yes, I know that I have changed. I have grown in the Lord and in the natural, but there is so much in me still that is just... There's a rightful dissatisfaction, and then there's a, satisfa- a dissatisfaction, rather, that leads to anxiety and impatience of, like, the not yet. How do we respond to that in our households, in my marriage, in the things that I still do in regards to my wife and she to me that just simply should not be? How do we take those things and instead of let them frustrate us, How do we take them and submit them to the Lord and say, please, this is why we need you. This is why you are our deliverer, our healer, our salvation, our hope, our future. This is why. Because we are a people desperate to be saved. We need help, right? Impatience. Lord, I am in the process. I'm not running from you. I'm not hiding from you, nor from your body. I am putting myself before you and others saying, I need you. And leaving it there in that place, not leaving the pursuit, not leaving the change, not leaving the growth, but leaving the anxiousness of it 
in its place. I will not be moved and discouraged to a point of abandoning the journey we're on in our household, in our fellowship. Number two, constantly opportunities arise. Endless, endless, endless. If you are in a life of pursuing sanctification and change and being conformed to the image of Christ, if your life is void of fellowship with other believers, I'm telling you, you're on the slow track getting there. <laughs> it's not an easier, you say, you hear fast track, like, oh, okay, well, it's a shortcut straight through the mountain. No, it's not that. There's no, there's no dust to sprinkle on a matter that instantly sanctifies a man, but I believe it is the biblical pattern and and it's the pattern of God to bring about change in his members through the members. Himself, the head, through the members, functioning together under the head, becoming more and more and more and more and more like him in his image, in his likeness, together changing into him. And so we have endless opportunities, though small we are, endless opportunities to walk in patience. How in the world do we arrive at a unanimous, unified decision on any matter? <clears throat> in patience, learning and deferring to one another to say go, to say stay, to say yes, to say no, to say left, to say right. It, it takes time, people. It takes time to sit before the Lord outside of yourself and receive the word of God for a matter. I could sit and fast and pray by myself and I could be convinced I have found the voice of the Lord. And I'm not saying I can't find it that way. But there is something within the waiting alongside other people waiting with the same posture of heart and expectation and faith and patience to believe and to seek the Lord on a matter. Whether, because, I mean, this is the thing, like, it is inseparable that it affects all of us. And if you are, in fact, in a body, the decision you make should affect another. The, but the decision your brother makes should affect you if, in fact, you are sharing a body. If you are under the same head, this, if you cut my hand, my whole body is going to hurt. It will be affected. If you cut off my leg, my whole body will have to adjust to accommodate for my leg missing. It is a simple, juvenile, elementary teaching thought truth that a body must function together so in the heart of a matter in the in the makings of a decision in the direction of the lord on any matter individual or shared is there really any difference it should become less and less individual and more shared i don't claim to know how all of that works i will probably be the last one to get it Except by faith, may it not be so, but whatever the case, this is something to give ourselves to, to posture ourselves in patience and not assess situations through our natural understanding. 
Because in a fellowship, a body of believers, whether you are in one house on a hill in the mountains, or whether you're in a congregation of 300 people, or however it looks, if you are a spiritual man, are we called to simply be information gatherers on a matter? As spiritual men. Because that is how the world arrives at a decision. Hey, brother. Well, let's, okay, take out brother. We're talking the world. Okay, so, hey, man, you want to buy that car? Well, go find out if you can get the money. Go find out if you have a garage. Go find out if you can afford it and your job's going to give you a promotion next month. And if all of these things line up, then we would say in Christian circles, well, then that's God. No, I don't believe that is the spiritual man's endeavor to discover the word of God on a matter. I know it's hard. I know it's difficult. I know it opposes everything that we know, think, believe, expect. But I think a man of faith who is a spiritual man has to be careful that we eliminate just the natural understanding that we possess by what we gather on the information on a matter. And that's just really on the surface of me right now. I know that. But the world, does not the world do the fueled by impatience to get an answer and a response on a matter? Isn't that what fuels the patterns of the world? What do our eyes see? And if it makes sense, well then yes. And the church says, well, if it makes sense, aka if God has opened the door, well then walk in it. I don't think that's the place for the maturing follower of Jesus to walk in. I don't think that it's the ultimate goal of a fellowship of believers to attain. And so wherever you are and however you gather, if you are intimately aligned with other believers, put some things into the cooker and give it some time. We don't fast. We don't pray. We don't give up this or give up that or add this or that. We just assume God is just going to speak to us. Well, let's read our Bibles. That is not a biblical pattern. The men who heard the Lord are what? The men who sought the Lord. That's very simple. Impatience. In active pursuit of finding the word of God on a matter. Positioned firmly in faith that he will in fact speak. And I'm not going to miss it. I'm not going to miss it by seeking his face on a matter. It's not going to miss me. Wants and desires. Patience and wants and desires. I think that's just really, that's just really easy. I feel like that would just be talking about something just to fill a hole. I mean, we already know that. Patience with things that we want. Patience with things that aren't bad. Well, it's not bad. Is, would this be good? Would this be bad? Well, we've got to get these things out of our thinking. We put it before the Lord and He speaks. 
And if he hasn't spoken, we bring it before him again. And if he doesn't speak tonight, I bring it before him in the morning. And if he doesn't speak in the morning, I bring it to him in the afternoon. We are a y'all, we are a people. I read the scriptures and I don't see myself. I just don't see myself and I don't see the body. I see an anxious, ridden, impatient body that lacks faith to sit and wait on a matter because we might miss something. That's the way my seven-year-old son acts, y'all. That's the way he acts, and he acts that way because that's how his daddy acts. And it should not be so. Change. Lord, help us to be patient in your changing of us, in your conforming of us into your image. We are becoming the likeness of Jesus. We are dying daily and dying daily and dying daily. And if we're doing that, brothers, there's got to be some sort of a peace that trans, just, it just transcends all of our understanding on the matter that, that this, in fact, is, is happening. And eternity has started. It is here and now I believe that I'm in that journey. I'm in that path. I'm in that groove of being conformed and changed. And I can't rush it. And I can't make it happen. I just need to be a diligent pursuer of doing all of these scriptural commands. And if I'm in fact doing that, then amen. May it come in the measure God delivers it as it comes. And if and when I'm short and I am slack and waiting, Lord, forgive me. Help me, please. Help me. I position myself in trusting myself to you. Because the only thing that I, and again, this, 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 I wrote this stuff out in 10 minutes. This is no deep thing. I'm not trying to promote it as something. And there's probably other things that could come out of what I'm about to say. But the only thing that I first of all thought about that made sense in this on the opposite end is 2 Peter 3, about what we are to hurry. What we are to, let's come on, let's go, let's go. And that's the day of the Lord. It, says, it tells us it's going to come like a thief. Heavens are going to pass away. Everything's going to melt. Everything's going to be burned up. Interestingly, I did note this. The earth and all of its works will be burned. Well, the, the works in here is this ergon. Enterprise, labor, business, employment, and undertakings. Okay, so all of these things that we give ourselves to on this earth, outside of building the eternal kingdom of God, will be melted and burned away. That needs to be a factor in everything we pursue. <coughs> What will remain? Well, then how do we even have a house to live in? When I'm not making this crazy. I'm talking about the conviction of the Lord on a matter and waiting upon Him. It goes on to say, since all these things are going to be destroyed, dissolved, undone, that struck my attention because it's luo, which is loosed, which goes, I remember that from, I don't know, 10 years ago, a man was teaching about untying the sandals it was a loosening. It was, and it's also in the, throughout the scriptures and other places in the New Testament about an undoing, an undoing of something. So everything is going to be destroyed in that way, undone. 
What sort of people, because of this, should you be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God? And it goes on to talk about the elements, the new earth, where righteousness dwells. So the only thing that we're really to, and it's not anxious as a fleshly anxious, but the only thing we're to be like straining to look for, oh, I want to know, I want to know, is the coming day of the Lord that's been prophesied. Oh God, let it come. Anxiously longing and waiting for for what all of creation is just straining out into the future to grab hold of and to bring into the present and say, God, bring the culmination of the ages. Oh God, let your new heaven and your new and your new earth come. Why? Because it is free of every single thing I just talked about the last 30 minutes. We will no longer be anxiously, impatiently waiting for anything because everything in God, in man, in the heavens, in the earth will absolutely be satisfied. Complete fruition. The culmination of every age that was, now is, and is to come will be finally instated in absolute redeemed perfection. So yes and amen, may we long for that day. May we join with creation and long and groan, oh God, please let that come. Free us. From what? This body of death. Who in the world can do that? Jesus the Christ. Who in fact redeemed it all so that one day it can culminate in an absolute newness of life. Heaven's earth humanity. A new humanity birthed through the Son. That's awesome, y'all. So in light of that, let's go all the way back to where we started. Are you walking in clarity and calmness that you can be someone who hears the word of God spoken on a matter? That you can be someone who hears the word of the Lord and says, you know what? Amen. I'm glad I waited for the confirmation of the Spirit of God in me, or in my brother, or in my wife, or in my daughter, or in my son, or in my dad, my mom, in the Scriptures, in a dream, in my fasting, in my praying, in my seeking the Lord. Oh, may we be like those men who wrote those passages that we read about just reveling in the Lord spoke to me. The Lord came to me in a vision. The Lord took me up to heaven and spoke to me. The Lord visited me through the mouth and the tongue of an angel. Is that not for us, brothers? Is that not for us, church? Or is that old news? We have to reckon with that. Because we have been duped, I would say, to believe that the calculations of the pattern of the world is how we who are called according to the name of Christ make a decision. If it makes sense, it must be God. No. May it not be so for us. May we be sober-minded and patient. I mean saturated in patience. Which is not 
May we not be convinced that that is not seeking the Lord. Or that it opposes action and activity. We see men go into the wilderness forever. When Jesus went out to the wilderness, was he just casually waiting for something to happen? Okay, God, I'm just going to sit here and I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to drink anything. I'm going to be real hungry, so you'll have my attention. Do what you want. No, it was an active seeking of the eternal God. Believing he will speak on a matter. We, I, we could talk all day about biblical examples of that, right? Men who did ridiculous, ridiculously outlandish things that we would look at today. and What? He laid on his side how long? And then rolled over and did it again? He did what? He said what? Yeah. That's how foreign it has become for us who say we are called into the same eternal purpose. I am lazy. I am lazy. I am disinterested compared to these men. And I would, I would dare say you are too. So let's not be that way forever. Let's not be that way any longer. Let's stir one another on to good works. Let's get something accomplished in eternal places. And that's not just making decisions, y'all. That's putting ourselves into the process of even making a decision by submitting our wills and ways together unto a unified purpose endorsed by God Himself. And I believe that's before anyone in the body who will give Himself for that to even be possible. I think he is longing to reveal himself in such a way again. To a capital P, people. The people of God. Who keep his commands and walk in his ways and keep his statutes and love his law and are given to keeping the commands of Jesus the Son. I think we can do that in patience. In patience, we can do it. Amen.